As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Welcome to Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by The Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hiya. Uh, right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 per month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all the podcasts as well. So just go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review as well. A um, couple of uh, bits of house keeping to start with I think uh, this week Sam um, the the big news as we uh, as we start this week is that uh, there is a massive row ongoing between City <laughs> and Opta a huge row uh, <laughs> yeah uh, well I mean it's not like a huge row but I think City <laughs> have made their case to Opta that wins via penalty shootout should count in official statistics and I mean people feel really strongly about this I know I'm I um, um, I, I feel really strongly that, that I, weirdly that they shouldn't um, I don't yeah, fall down on City's know, side yeah. on this, um, but the th- but I mean, if anything, I think they should. Like, and for me, it's just as simple as, well, like they, the game went to penalties and they won. I know it finished. I know the game finished as a draw technically, but no, the game didn't finish. The way you settle a, a the way you settle the game is by penalties, and whoever all, wins the penalties is the winner of the match. I know, That's but, I see it, but. but all, all that all that it does is is open up in my head the possibility for some incredible conflicts, like what happens in a two legged tie, where yeah. you you lose the second leg, but uh, that makes the overall score level. And there, and you kind of go through extra time, and then you win on penalties. You've won a game that you've actually lost. Yeah, but then yeah. you've won. You've won the overall no, I know, time. I know there's no perfect. Just, yeah, I know there's no perfect answer. This is why there's a dispute <laughs> about it. But like, it's more common that ninety-minute games are won on penalties, surely, than two-legged, or at least more important, because the again the other side, and I think this is what City said in that meeting. You know, what what are you going to do? You're going to take World Cups off people who have won. 
on penalties. No, 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 because because like it's it's really simple. The World Cup final was a draw, and you have to. Yeah, decide. but nobody says they won a draw. You nobody have, says, so nobody says the the final was a. But you have uh, to decide who's won. going to lift the trophy, and so the tie was won on penalties, but the match was drawn. Yeah, maybe. But that's that's they, that's they why won. that's where I stand, and I I but feel they, very very strongly about this, and I and I'm sorry, City, but I don't no. agree with you on this one. <laughs> no, that's well. I mean, that's it's. I mean, it's nice to actually see some City fans. Just not letting club allegiances come into it, and they also they, they do also say that, which is rarely the case in football for any clubs these days. So, so yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, but yeah, not always the case. Yeah. Uh, the other bit of housekeeping to do, Sam, is um, I want to I want to just before we get into the actual meat and drink of this week's show, uh, I want to get into a little bit about Kevin De Bruyne. Um, oh. Because, yeah. uh, the, like, you wrote about this uh, recently, actually, about uh, the idea that, that City are a better team without him. Yeah. Which, um, like, uh, genuinely, if you if you had, like, offered that opinion to me at any point during Kevin De Bruyne's City career, I would honestly have been thinking about calling the doctors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I've, I mean, I'm not really having it either. Uh, I mean, the reason, I, actually, I thought when I wrote the article, over the well at the end of last week and on saturday i was like i hope people don't just think no next and obviously some people do and kind of i do as well really but obviously i've got kind of put the arguments forward but it does seem that there, there are plenty of people who are who are willing to have the debate at least um obviously most people take it for what it is and realize that the most important thing is whether one plays or the other city carry on winning you know, right? If as long as everyone else is stable and there's not loads of problems all over the the pits like last season, you know, like we saw in 2018, 19, and as we're seeing now, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I still, I mean, I still don't think they are better without him. Um, I think one of the issues is that people seem to think or have got this idea in their minds and not everyone who who suggests this but some people who suggest they're better without him seem to think that he just goes clattering around the pitch giving the ball away left right and center and putting city under a load of problems and as far as i could tell so there's loads of like stats and stuff in the article but i also went on y scout which is like a scouting platform and i looked at a playlist of every shot the city have conceded in this run and every counter-attack the opposition have had and I looked to see who'd given the ball away. And there was a couple where De Bruyne had played a pass and it didn't work and the other team went and counter-attacked. But there was also a couple when Bernardo was trying to dribble and he got tackled. So it's there, there's there's no difference there. It swings um, in roundabouts. Yeah, and, and also like it didn't happen enough for it to be a problem for either of them. Did, like did You're most, always going to do that. Did most of De Bruyne's happen on Saturday? <laughs> well, well, yeah, I was looking before the game. But I mean, I didn't I didn't take Saturday's game into account because and this is the thing you know what I was saying before it feels like people are thinking well he's just giving the ball away left right and center and everyone else is playing crap that's kind of the argument for for some people or at least it feels like that's the argument for me but that is what happened on Saturday but <laughs> obviously you, he was a bit rusty that's why he was giving the ball away and everyone else was playing crap because everyone else was rusty the dynamic of the team you know you can't blame De Bruyne for the fact that others were off their game as well yeah. like it was I think Guardiola took a big risk and to touch on that point and the game quickly I think Guardiola took a big risk thinking well I'm going to rest God Cancelo Rodri Bernardo uh, Foden Sterling and Sterling yeah. so that's five five big players there and he goes and I'm going to give minutes to people who need minutes like Fernandinho uh, obviously, Walker doesn't really need the minutes, but it's good to get Walker involved. Aguero uh, started. Obviously, Aguero, Torres, and De Bruyne, and those three really need the minutes. So 
by the end of the game, you've got five players who are arrested and three or four plus Walker, who didn't need the minutes but had the game time, who are in a better position in terms of match fitness and City won. It's like, we don't need to dwell on the game too much. We know why they didn't play particularly well. We know why, look, there's the XG stats floating around about how West Ham had more XG and, oh, isn't that unusual? And yeah, it is. But it's not like City played their first choice 11 or what we would consider one of their best 11s and struggled and we could go, oh, what's this? What's this? What's going on? Are they tired? It, it doesn't need any more analysis other than the team was very different um, and at the end of it, City still won and it, like most people are, are better off for either having the game time or not having the game time. And that's why I didn't include anything that De Bruyne did in that game in the article in the same kind of way I didn't really include anything that Bernardo did against Everton because I just felt without Gundogan it was too much of a there were too many variables in that game Gundogan didn't play Um, obviously Laporte and Walker were back in the balance was a bit off so what I tried to do was just keep it it's a small sample but just keep it to games in this run where everyone else was basically more or less doing the same kind of thing Cancelo was getting forward Gundogan was getting forward I mean the front three changed all the time you couldn't really find any consistency there Um, but yeah I just wanted to kind of see how the team performs overall and what the other players do like Cancelo and Gundogan when they're when they're in the team Um, I mean I haven't really got towards my conclusions and obviously you can read the article for that but um, I thought one interesting thing, just as, as an example to talk about, whether you've read the article or not, is Cancelo seemed to be getting forward a bit more. He, he was playing a bit more in that kind of right-hand half-space, if you will, the number eight position, a bit more without De Bruyne. And he obviously, well, actually, he created less, which was quite interesting, without De Bruyne. But maybe that's because City played harder games. But he his role was slightly different. But Gundogan's was pretty much the same. And this is interesting, and it goes to show that it can't just be put down to whether De Bruyne is playing or not. Yeah. Like, so the most obvious thing for me when people were asking this on the Q&As and on Twitter was, well, De Bruyne played at the start of this run and Gundogan was scoring. Um, You know, Gundogan scored against West Brom before the run even happened when he was getting further forward. Um, Cancelo was playing further forward with De Bruyne and City were winning games. So that was my stock answer. Um, But yeah, I looked and Gundogan's role is basically the same. He gets the ball almost exactly the same. He's in almost exactly the same areas. He's still getting into the box. So his role hasn't changed. The interesting thing is he's he's, he's performed much better with Bernardo in the team. He scored more goals. And I've got maps in the article of like, showing that he's had better chances to score. But he's been in the box, and he's had shots in the box at the same rate, but he's done better with Bernardo. So I think maybe people are also conflating the fact that, and I might be wrong here, but I think people might be conflating the fact that because he'd scored more goals with Bernardo, he's he's better without De Bruyne. But he was having just the same amount of, of touches input. in the box, shots yeah. in the box with De Bruyne. So I'm not sure if you can really, in inverted commas, blame De Bruyne for his decreased output while he was playing with De Bruyne, and also I looked at um, I looked at all his all the chances he was having, Gundogan, and they were mainly created on the left. There was only one. There was one against Brighton where De Bruyne put a corner in, and De, uh, and Gundogan met it at the near post, kind of swung a leg at it, and it missed. And it's like okay, that's a bit of a low xG chance. It's because of De Bruyne. Maybe you could do that. Maybe you could say, okay, well, he's giving him chances he can't score. But that was the only one. And the other one he had was Bernardo had a shot that was blocked and it rebounded at Chelsea. And Gundogan had a shot from the edge of the box. And that was blocked as well, I think. And that was the only that was the only shots that those two players 
had a direct impact on. So I don't think you can kind of blame De Bruyne for the fact that Gundogan actually scored more goals and had better chances when he was out of the team. The only thing I'd add to that, and I know I've talked for about an hour, is perhaps my my understanding of football and perhaps the people who explained Pauza to me in the summer, which has obviously become so important, um, maybe they could say, well, look, Gundogan is actually having better chances because the team are more stable, because they can advance as a unit, he can get into better positions. Maybe that, but I mean, the way... I see the game like in terms of my, the, my capabilities of analysing football and the way I analysed it with the stats and the watching back on Scout. I don't think you can blame De Bruyne for the fact that Gundogan didn't score as many when he was playing. It it just seems like one of those things that's that's put down to other factors. And what I would say is, just because he didn't score as many with De Bruyne, I don't think that De Bruyne kind of makes Gundogan play in his shadow. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's a little bit of a two plus two equals five situation. Though, I, I think yeah. so. I think so. And I, I, I accept I might be wrong. And I accept that, you know, if they were to do another Amazon documentary and Guardiola was having this discussion and he was saying, I don't think Gundogan plays as well with Kev, you know, then I would be like, oh, right, shit, I was wrong. But the way I see things, uh, that's how I see it. But I'm not going to fight the point. And if anybody has got a good point to make, other than that, then I'm 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 willing to hear it. But it's an interesting debate, basically. Like, I'm and I'm glad there was there was more interest in it than I thought. I thought people would just say this is stupid. Why are you doing this? But it does seem like there's been a lot of engagement with it, and and people are kind of happy to have that that conversation. And also take it in the spirit it's intended. You know, no, I don't think anybody's saying. Even people who do think that City are better with Bernardo in midfield, everybody acknowledges that. It's just two great options. And yeah, that's the bottom line, it, really. Yeah, it's it's not, a, oh, De Bruyne shit, get rid of him sort of situation. Yeah, it's exactly, it's yeah. none of that, yeah. Uh, well, if you want to have a read of that, um, you can sign up, Man City Pod. Uh, just use that code and you can uh, get yourself a uh, 40% discount for the next six months. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's move on to, to the actual kind of the real meat of this, this week's show, yeah. Sam. Um, because uh, the idea for this week's show started with uh, this from Guardiola after the win over Borussia Mönchengladbach. We have a lot of money to buy a lot of incredible players. Now, short and sweet, uh, and it's some absolute prime Guardiola sarcasm, that isn't it? It was he was asked about why City have been so dominant and why uh, you know why they've been able to put on these sorts of performances. Um, but in the run up to the game with West Ham, uh, Guardiola was asked more about his role as a coach, about uh, you know just about um, his input in the entire kind yeah. of operation recently. Um, and I wouldn't normally include the question at the start of this, but I think the question I think the question is key to kind of get it into yeah, how he um, how he how he answers it. Uh, and so this is what he said. Yeah, you keep on saying that it's all about spending the much the most money and having the best players for success. I mean, do, do you really mean that? Does the manager make no difference? I mean, for instance, could I manage Manchester City to sort of 100 points and consecutive no. Premier League titles? 
No, because you will not play with fullbacks inside. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, you will play wide. <laughs> but you're of course, I give, no, James. Of course, I give credit to myself. You know, for the way we play belongs to us. Yeah, definitely. And and be energetic and be guys. It's not enough. We can do better. And next one and and for a long time because the credit we give us all of us all of us is sustain this for a long time the period you know uh, i'm the proud for the fact when one team win the premier league the second season struggle a lot we made back to back in the third season we could not fight against river it was incredible we were second today this season again we are there this is when i am proud the most four carabox finals this is when i'm proud the most and uh, and this of course we credit ourselves but to do this you need to good talents. You need to, uh, top players, and top players cost money. But I'm, honestly, I'm, I want to finish that. So I think United spend money too, and Chelsea sure. spend money too, sure. and uh, and uh, and Barcelona so spend a lot, and so Barcelona spend a lot, and Madrid spend, and every every all the clubs, you know, in the position. So the difference is the manager. Then, if if all these big clubs spend. You know, equal roughly amounts of money. It's the manager. You the are not. Factor. No, you are not convinced me. The difference are the players. No, no. no. I on, could on say in, yes. On on no, in terms of fullbacks, Pep. No, where yeah, where but, did you get this idea but from? Yeah, but come from from. If you listen the the history from football, there are a, a writer named Marti Perarnau book uh, write a book lately about the story of the football. And maybe in fifty sixteen. The people play with the fullbacks inside. So I didn't invent anything. I just the way I do it, because I'm playing like this, but sometimes I'm going to play in a different way. So it's not, not about us. I, I would tell you, if I would believe the reason why it's me, I would tell you. I would be grateful to tell you the reason why this success is because I'm so handsome. And this is the reason why. It's not, it's not like this. Are the players in all the big clubs, the big clubs had incredible success put all the teams in South America, in Europe, the big clubs is due the quality of the players, the mentality. And I would say the manager can seduce them to have this mentality a little bit, but the, the organization itself too. Our chairman don't want one day sleep, don't want to rest. They want to, he pushed me. Like I had to push my CEO and CEO pushed me and Chiki and we push each other to be better and better. And still, when I had the feeling, when we finished the game, uh, against Gladbach, I had the feeling new, maybe will not be enough to reach the last stage for the Champions League if we don't improve some department. This is the only way to 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 get him better. If I would not feel we can do better, I would not have extended my contract here, 100%. If I extend the contract, it's because they convinced me for different issues, but the team is still, we can do better. If don't, the team will be over. When I came here to play or win in England, we have done already. Well, I did it. So I came to play in, in, in a special way. In England, I did it. The job is done. But I still had a feeling we can do better. I still can do it. We can we win more and make uh, our fans proud uh, that uh, we can do it and enjoy ourselves. We, we can do it. And this is important. For a short time, again, James, for a short time, we can do it without top players. You can do it. Half season, one season, you can do it. Sustain for a long time, incredible, hard, tough organization that support a lot of the manager, like the journalism, the journalists and the players know he will not be sacked. This is so important. And after top quality players, top quality players. I never 
in my 12 years as a manager, never, ever scored a goal. Never. Never. And never save a penalty. Never. So, the artists are the players. Only we can do is, is uh, help them. Knowing that doing the same, doing the same, you can lose. Because sometimes the people forget the opponents are good too. So, I think the message was so clear. That, uh, honestly, it, like, there's great, goosebumps, isn't there, in, in moments in that? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and, and this is why I tweeted afterwards. I was like, amazing press conference. And I'm, I'm aware that any kind of, I don't know, teasing something on Twitter and people are automatically thinking, oh, God. And then all of a sudden the responsibility is on me then. It's like, you said it was amazing. But I knew, I knew people would love it. Um, like we'd already had, so I asked Guardiola a question earlier on in the press conference about the difference between Bernardo and 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 De Bruyne playing in midfield, and I thought it might be one of those where just like they're both great players, piss off, mate, kind of thing. But he gave a really good answer, and Jack asked him, Jack Gaunt at the Mail asked him a question, and he got a good answer. And when he was when Pep was speaking to to Jamie Jackson there, I messaged Jack and and John Smith at his, uh, sorry at goal who covers City, and I was like, this is really good. I was like, this is really good. And then by the end, I was like, that's just fantastic. And I, I just knew fans would love it. I knew exactly what the reaction would be. I, I knew fans would think, this guy's great. The way he talked about the club pushing him um, and the interaction with you know, the chairman and Cheeky and Ferran, um, and just the way he is with the little jokes, even the fact that, you know, when he goes super honest, and he would never have admitted, I don't think, after the Gladbach game, that he didn't think they could go all the way. But, you know, when he's in his full flow, he'll let some stuff go. It was classic kind of Guardiola press conference stuff, really. And, and like, in the best way. Like, it was brilliant. I knew I knew exactly how it would be received. Um, and, yeah, it, it was it was fantastic. And it was great to hear it all again then, even though I've, you know, I, I edited the videos and I've listened yeah. to it about five or six times. I, it's interesting as well to hear him talk about um, and almost like the reaction to that slump that they were having last season and the start of this season. Because yeah. like a few months ago, we were talking about you know actually wanting to see hard evidence of why he should get that contract extension and and you know what had changed in in how City were playing in what he was doing in order to to to, to get City out of that slump and how how he was going to take the team forward from where he'd taken them to that point. And you know, ever since then, in fairness to him, you know that that Spurs game aside, he has shown us what we what we wanted to see. It's interesting to hear him say that that's what he expected of himself as well, and that he feels he can do better, even given what he's achieved in what the Centurion season eighteen nineteen with all the cups that they won. It's it's just interesting to get that insight into how he's thinking about it all. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, the easy conclusion to draw there, I suppose, is the fact that I mean. If I'm thinking, what more could they do? I think the obvious answer is the Champions League. And he's probably an element of that. But I'm sure, if knowing how Guardiola thinks and how he prepares and how detailed and how granular everything is, I mean, he's probably talking about He's probably talking about much more specific details than we could never really comprehend with our yeah. kind of understanding of football. And like a couple of years ago, he mentioned how even when they were, you know, on the way to winning 100 points, I think it was that first title season and he was like I want them to be able to understand the this like solve problems on the pitch for themselves kind of thing you know they if they need to be able to notice something the opposition are doing and kind of and do that uh, and fix it for themselves I think I think they have got to that stage probably probably something to ask him at some point soon especially if they keep winning it's like how many different ways can you ask you're playing well aren't you? yeah <laughs> like so I might ask him about that soon but there's there's probably some element of, of that to it um 
but yeah, it does feel like the obvious one and probably the the big one is is do better in the Champions League, isn't it? It has to be. And I'm sure he probably thinks we've done so well, we've been so good. And like even last season when you know, I didn't really have a major problem with City last season. My major problems were more at the start of this season when I was like, God, things are getting worse. Last season, I was like, it's not that bad. Like, they're still second. They've got, they score loads of goals. They don't, well, they keep a load of clean sheets. If they just make a couple of tweaks, they'll be really good again. Um, so I wasn't that, I wasn't that fussed last season with how it had gone. I thought, okay, it's, there's no big bust ups. There's no major issues behind the scene. There's just a couple of injuries. Things aren't working that well. And okay, here we go. Uh, and I'm sure Guardiola was probably thinking the same. And obviously the way they beat Madrid at home, obviously away, but at home in August, and then went to Leon, he, he must just be thinking, we're so much better than this. Yeah. Like, why why does it keep happening? And it's like, whether whether they're they're bad or unlucky or whatever, some something, like, and often it's both, isn't it? But I, I just remember chatting to you at the start of this season about how boring they'd got. Like, yeah, from a, bad, a, te- yeah. a team that was so entertaining going forward suddenly just becomes so, so dull to watch. To the yeah. point where, you know, we were saying, well, this is, this is taking 90 minutes out of my day to watch this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, like, the transformation's just been incredible. I mean, this weekend, um, we discussed the Opta issue before, but officially this weekend, he made it to 200 wins as, as City Boss. Only one other person has ever done that, and that was Les McDowell back in 1961. He made 220 wins in total as City Manager, uh, but he managed for near for, for like 13 years. It, it took him 12 <laughs> years and Jesus. 530 games to get to that 200 landmark. Uh, yeah. Guardiola's done it in 257, he, like 257 games quicker. That's he's mm. nearly done it in nearly half the time. Well, he's incredible, isn't he? Like, and I, I know this is the point where I mean it's almost for balance. I think I've seen a lot of stuff about City in the media over the weekend, in particular. And people don't like it when the money's brought up. I, I just feel like people in the media need to mention, For obviously there's probably not many non-City fans listening to this, but I feel like you do need to mention, well, obviously they've got really good players, which to be fair, is, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Because Guardiola keeps saying we've got really good players. But in fact, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but I think I might be able to bring it back around. It so, might be the tangent that I want to go off a bit later on, so okay. maybe well, maybe we're all right on this. <laughs> well, I don't know. When I said earlier, I knew exactly what the reaction would be. I didn't expect a couple of people to be like, Jamie Jackson was obviously just trying to get him to say he's the best, and then he could write something like, I deserve all the credit, says arrogant Guardiola or whatever. Like, I don't see that at all. And if I had to ask a question, or if I wanted to ask a question on the it's all about the players thing so he said that for so he said it's all about the players for so long now and so sarcastically it just washes over me but somebody made the point before the west ham game the other day we were talking and they were like obviously with city fans in the media it doesn't help that the the main headline grabbing thing that a manager says after games is it's all because we've got loads of money like it doesn't help that that is that's inevitably going to be in the media obviously people should realize it's sarcastic but it that it it's not helpful so my point of view if i was asking pep about that but obviously i just go well it, he's just being sarcastic fine i don't i didn't think we needed to ask again but if i had to ask i would have asked what jamie had did and that's why that's i think a- he did really well because i would have said look pep i know you're saying you have got good players and you have obviously but like give Give yourself some credit. Look, like, do yourself a favor. Kind of do the fans a favor a bit, so they don't have to hear about money again. But just do yourself a favor, and like, like you must, 
Like you must realize that you can't just put any old dickhead in charge of this team and they're going to get 200 wins, which is exactly what Jamie said. He was like, not any old dickhead, really. I'm not that old calling <laughs> Jamie. But like, he was like, could I manage this team? And Guardiola was like, well, no, obviously. And straight away, he did say, look, the style is ours, didn't he? He was like, this yeah. is our style and we're, we're proud of that. And, and he's never, he's never going to take the credit, is he? But then the beauty of it was the more Jamie was asking, the more Guardiola was making points that, I don't, I don't think I would have considered and maybe other fans wouldn't have considered. So when he talked about the chairman always pushes me and, you know, we, I push Cheeky and like the pressure Cheeky's been under to get targets after they've missed out on like Frankie de Jong, for example. Um, I, I probably did, probably Jorginho and then de Jong. So there was real pressure to get Rodri from Pep and that and the way they all pushed each other. The, the more he talked and the more Jamie asked, the more good points were brought up. So... Just it's, about, it's about pushing is, those buttons, isn't it? To, to yeah, get exactly. those, but, those but responses. The, but that tangent being, I don't, I don't have any problems with with the question that was asked or the way it was asked. Like I, I feel it's only fair to be like, come on, Pep. Like you are clearly amazing. Um, like, do you not, do you not acknowledge that? And and obviously, the, the beauty of Pep's answer was, he did acknowledge that, but he also gave loads of other reasons as well. And it was, yeah, it was just fantastic. And yeah, I've, it was a tangent that was related to something we were talking about. I can't now remember what we were talking about. But yeah, I think I think it's covered something nicely. If you can bring it back, then please. It's do. it's all right because I'm I'm going to skillfully mould this show into into a new direction based on uh, on on how we're going to talk. Because uh, I was going to bring up the money thing uh, a bit later oh, on, yeah. um, but we'll do it now so it just all kind oh, of fits it, in. Yeah. Um, but because City fans have been getting upset lately about the way that the club's money and spending is is always seems to be mentioned. Like you you'd only need to go on Twitter when I don't know match of the day or. Uh, something is on showing the highlights or when the coverage is on and and like all it takes is the commentator to say City's bench is worth X amount of hundreds of millions of pounds mm-hmm. and there are tweets after tweets after tweets about about it getting tiresome and I, I kind of want to address it because uh, like it obviously doesn't exist in isolation this this great City side it's not simply because of Guardiola because without the money that City spent Guardiola wouldn't be here let alone getting a, a tune out of this team like he is mm. um, and like you say this this isn't a job that, that that's been done solely because City have bought good players because you can't just stick any old like you say dickhead in the in the <laughs> role and uh, and get the tune that that Guardiola was getting out of them uh, otherwise you know Mark Hughes Roberto Mancini Manuel Pellegrini would have got 100 points and and just said to them you know go out play how you want to play however you play because you you're all fantastic and they'd have won game after game after game and it just doesn't happen um and they've they obviously had access to the same resources but again it's not like it, it, it's this hasn't happened in isolation. The, the money is 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 an important context in this, and I, I, I suppose it's about giving credit where credit's due. If that makes sense, it's not about it's not about oh, City have, have spent five hundred billion gazillion pounds, therefore they are a great team. It's yeah. they've spent a lot of money. They've brought in good brought in good players, and they've brought in the best coach to get the best out of them. Yeah, um, I also think it's it's a slightly different thing because so I remember the point I was making was. It does feel like in the media, you obviously have to acknowledge the money spent because you're just going to have fans of other clubs going, yeah, what about this, what about this? But that is exactly what you were just saying. Like, yeah, there are expensive players. There are good players in the team, but you can't you can't do this without a genius manager like that. And as Guardiola said, without the, the whole organisation, to be fair, which is a whole other element to it, which only kind of speaks well for how City have run like the sporting department. Um but I think it's I think it's slightly different in terms of the gripes with the media. It's just that 
it seems like the better the team does, the more relevant the money is. And maybe that's maybe that's entirely fair. But like I, I saw a tweet from a United fan on Sunday after the game against Chelsea, and he was like, "Chelsea spent two hundred fifty million quid in the summer, and United United are getting a stick for for not doing better." And it's like, so it's it's also funny that there's the this, this slight United agenda elements in there as well. <laughs> is but it is like nobody's having nobody's mentioning how much the United players cost, but it's because it's because they're not playing well. But then it's it it sh- that should it should work both ways. Yeah. Like really, if you're gonna if you're gonna bang the money drum the whole time when someone's doing really well, every time there's a crap game between United and Chelsea, or Chelsea lose or United lose, you know United's form's terrible at the moment. It it probably should be. If if you're gonna do it both ways, I'd rather people just shut up to be honest and analyze the actual reasons on the pitch. But if you're gonna if you're gonna have it, yeah. Oh, by the way, City's bench cost this. It should be like, well, by the way, this is what he cost, and he's scored one goal in eight games or whatever it is for whoever, whichever United player we're talking about at the time. Um, you know, Pogba, Maguire, and obviously not so much goals for Maguire, but just different levels and like just how much the back line cost between them. You know, Shaw thirty, Wambasaka fifty, Maguire obviously eighty, Lindelof thirty odd, forty. Like, I'm not asked about that. But if we're going to run through everyone else's, and look, obviously I get the fact that City, uh, that United probably don't have a fifty million pound de- defenders all over the bench. But if we're talking about the quality of the the individual players on the pitch uh, and and what they're producing, because let's not forget they're not they're not playing football anywhere comparatively close to to Manchester City, but by any measure, nobody is. Now I think that's probably why I think it is that is why fans are a bit annoyed more because. It gets mentioned with City, and I think probably there's 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 a place to mention it. Not every fucking game. Not every game. That's the, that's it, isn't it? That it's that it's every game, and it's the fact that, like, the, the, I mean, the mad thing, the mad thing is with Pogba. Everyone talks about how he's not like very, very good when he's not playing well, but nobody ever says he was the world record fee. Like, it's <laughs> like what? Like, is is that not how? Is that not how we're judging players? Like, is it, are we? Is it like not the first thing everybody says? Oh well. It cost this much, so you expect it. It's it's I it is like I do think there's a bit of a double standard there. I mean, Christ, I do wish there'd be a bit of a day off with the whole the media are out to get us. And I know that's probably not the most wise thing to say as somebody who works in the media to <laughs> to an audience of City fans. But like that table from Sky Sports over the weekend that was just called the Entertainers, and it was like Leeds, West Brom, and Palace. But I mean. And loads of City fans were getting really annoyed about it. It's like, lads, it was just a light-hearted table about teams with, like, if you watch them, there's going to be goals in the game. Like, it, they're not saying they're a great team. It's They're not left out Man City to denigrate Man City. They're saying, if you watch Leeds, there's a good chance it's going to be a good game. Well, fuck me, it is. Like, I mean, to be fair, like, I wouldn't watch, I wouldn't say, oh, West Brom are playing, I'll, I'll watch that. Whereas if it was Leeds, I would. But the fact that West Brom are on that, on that table, it makes a good point. There's probably going to be goals in that game because they're not very competent defensively. Yeah. Like, but that was just a light-hearted thing. Like, it's it's not a big deal. Like the other thing, that obviously that thing in the eye with the with the TV guide. Yeah, it was a bit of a light-hearted joke, but I mean it was stupid. The guy's got a load of shit for it, and that is more. I can see more why City fans are annoyed about that. And obviously it gets filed away then in the the media are out to get us part two million. But like the Sky Sports thing, it's like lads, it's not all that serious. Like not all of it. Like this isn't. Like they're not talking about the money here. They're not talking about the owners. They're not even talking about Man City. Just fucking let it go. 
So yeah, yeah. I think the oh, other... he, say, he says ironically very angry about it. While uh, while, while you're on your uh, your soapbox, uh, let's <laughs> just uh, let's just address the other line that gets a lot of criticism as well. Uh, that yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think Micah Richards was the latest one to fall into this trap. Uh, that uh, City have a big squad, uh, and yeah, what what I what well, I Micah Richards he hates City, doesn't he? So. Well, what I what I always think uh, about this one is it's uh, it's a semantic thing because I think people fall into the trap of uh, yeah, saying exactly. big when they mean strong uh, with depth. Yeah, I think and, that's all it is. Yeah, it's like City still have the 25-man squad that, that any other Premier League have. What is it? So they've got that's like 23-man squad this season or whatever. 20, yeah. I think, yeah, 25, but... Um... Like, like City had a big squad in 1998. Like they had 50 odd players on the books. So that was yeah. that, that was big, but it just had no strength in it. What the what what Michael Richards is saying is that City is have it, got a big. A uh, they've got a, a squad that is strong on the bench and you know the, the starting eleven, and you can kind of move players in and out. Well, as and we've that, seen the whole De Bruyne Bernardo debate. Yeah. How, how great is it for City that it doesn't matter if you haven't got the best player in the league in your team? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. Just on kind of... The, the the moving back towards the credit and uh, and how Guardiola's perceived and, and all that sort of stuff. I think it's uh, I, I I want to say at the oh, moment right. that as a fan, um, I'm I'm really pleased that this season is going well for obvious reasons. In that you know it looks like City are going to go on and win the title, but a little bit more so for Guardiola in that it felt like last season it felt like the narrative was almost gathering pace that, yes. that he came he came. He conquered for a bit, but then it all fell apart and he can't do yeah. it in England. Oh, he, he had two uh, unprecedented, historically amazing seasons. But <laughs> who's asked about that? Like, it was de- Yeah, it was definitely going that way, wasn't it? It was definitely going to be, oh, two seasons out of four or two seasons, two trophies. Hang on, how many seasons would have been the first one? Two titles, Liverpool, and then whatever this one would have been. So if it had left after five, yeah, two two Premier Leagues out of five, not good enough. Yeah, they were good, but didn't sustain it. Is he that good? Not really. Yeah, that, that would have been it, wouldn't it? And that's why I'm pleased that this season has turned out so yeah. far the way yeah. it has done. Because, 100%. because I mean, even even at this stage, um, like I, as a fan, I'm still not quite ready to say yes, they've won the league and, and everything because things happen. Covid's around, you know, mm-hmm. like weird things happen. But like, they're probably like they're they're on the cusp. They're 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 so far ahead of the rest of the field now. Um, 
And it's not only that, it's like like he's had a season where he got 100 points, then he, he followed that up with 98 points, first back-to-back titles in, in, in a decade. Liverpool came along, tried to muscle in. They they played, you know, their exciting brand of football with a with a. They were a brilliant side under under Klopp for you know eighteen nineteen and and were 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 so they pushed City all the way to that title. Uh, went on to win the Champions League last season. They ran away with the league again, and so to come back and you know fight against that sort of opposition. And I know Liverpool haven't been great this season, but to come back and and kind of have the mentality to go, right, okay, we dust ourselves down, we start again, and we're going to put in another extraordinary season after, you know, having having that dip. I think that speaks volumes to, to kind of what Guardiola wants to achieve in England. Yeah, it's just, it's that consistency, it's that relentlessness. And again, you know, like you said, previous managers have had access to to the same kind of resources. And maybe this squad hasn't cost exactly the same because obviously the market's been... The market goes up and up, and it has done forever. So obviously, City squad five years ago, well, six years ago, seven years ago, ten, I suppose, with Mancini, didn't cost the same as it does now. But it still would have been, I don't know, for argument's sake, let's say it was the most expensive squad. And it's like when, when that journalist who likes Mourinho keeps used to make the point, and it's like about how much City spend. It's like you do know your mate was at Real Madrid with the most expensive squad ever and didn't win the Champions League, which is exactly the same. Like it's so it's it's the same kind of thing. Like there'd always be an expensive squad in history at some point, but there's there's no way that they've they've put consistency together like this. And yeah, and like to go back and like yeah, that is that's the beauty of it. And again, like I've, I, I you know I wouldn't have jumped in after Jamie's questions the other day and said, oh by the way, Pep, I know you say you give yourself a bit of credit and you can push the mentality or whatever, but yeah can you tell us a bit more about how you do it? Cause like he made the points very well, but that is another thing I would say in his credit, like that, that consistency. And like I said, the second, this isn't me talking with, with hindsight. Like I didn't think last season was that bad. You know, I talked about there not being clinical and, you know, maybe like the, the pressing problems and that, but whenever I think the, the proof was when city beat Liverpool four nil, I wrote the article before the game. And I said, I've written this article before the game because these are the changes City need to make. And I'm not going to be swayed by the fact that City have battered Liverpool or been battered by Liverpool. This is the situation. They're quite good. They need a couple of changes. They'll be all right. So so a second, as we've seen again with Liverpool this season and all the previous champions before that, particularly, uh, you know, like Leicester and Chelsea, who completely fell apart. Like a second isn't that bad. If you're wedging a second in between three title wins, that's huge. But yeah, just the way that... Um, in terms of you saying you kind of please, please for him, I remember, I suppose, because I know you did that bad take am- amnesty on the Blue Moon <laughs> podcast that you also host. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying, I mean, obviously I would have had some. I think I I wrote a couple of things whenever, when Ruben, Ruben Diaz was signed, I think the, probably the thing I said the most was, it doesn't matter how good it is as a defender because he can't sort this mess out. Um, <laughs> and I mean, and I mean to, be, to be fair, they have obviously tweaked the team and they are more solid. So there aren't problems with counter-attacks. But he has galvanised the team in a way that I didn't foresee. So that's a bad take. Um, but I suppose the other one was I did, now I'll plug another podcast, left, right and centre. But I did the 93-20 podcast um, when they did like the, it was like an all-day podathon for for the food banks. Yeah. Um, and I, it was just after Guardiola was signed the contract. And I think my tone, I think my I, tone was, not would have been, but was, I was very kind of downbeat. I was like, Guardiola is the best man they could get, but just because he signed that contract, it's not going to turn around straight away. And again, it didn't. They didn't turn around 
straight after the contract and win. It's about it, six you know, weeks, it took, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was when Guardiola and everyone were like, right, we need to sort this out. So there was something there. But I was just like, I'm not really sure. Like, I still think he's the best man and I, I think he can turn it around, but I have no idea how and I don't know when. I don't know when it's coming. But the one thing I did say, and Aysan disagreed, but me and Jack were the same on this. So it was around the time there was more Messi articles kicking off. It was probably only, it was, it was only a couple of months after they didn't get Messi. And there was, well, I think we'd been talking about some of the articles in the summer that were about, don't, look, don't sign Messi. We want you to to do it in your own way. We want, and, it, you know, Aysan and others obviously were making the point that he can sign whoever he wants. Like, it doesn't matter. But I was saying, I would like him to win the Champions League without Messi, just because, can you imagine? Like, so like you were saying, the narrative was building that if he had have left after this season and not won the title, it would have been, oh yeah, well he came and he did all right, but nothing special. Like, if he were to win the Champions League with Messi, he's not going to get any credit for it. And that's what we're talking about, isn't it, on this whole podcast? Yeah. Like, he, and like, Asan's point was, who gives a shit? They're not going to give him credit anyway. And I'm like, that is a good point. But I would like, just for him, just for Pep to be able to be like, yeah, won the Champions League. But I mean, to be fair, Asan's point is right. Whether he wins it with Messi or not, if he wins it with City, it's going to be money. It's going to be owners. It's going to be... There's, yeah, al- there's always an Messi excuse, isn't there? That, that, there's always it. going to be an excuse. And Asan's right, to be fair. Me and Jack were very much kind of... Like obviously, on, on Guardiola's side, we want him to do well, and we want him to do well for him, so he can. Because obviously, Guardiola knows all this. He said Fraudiola once. He actually said the word Fraudiola. He knows what's going on. Like he's been asked about whether he's, you know, whether he was lucky to have Xavi and Iniesta and Messi at Barca without any kind of acknowledgement that he might have actually made them into good players. Yeah. You know, without he might have actually he- ex- exacerbated their qualities. And you know, made those qualities more suitable. And yeah, he always, every, he always. Every time he's asked about play. the Champions League, it's like he, he always says, "Ah, well, you know, I'm, I'm just not a good manager." Yeah, that, and he that, goes that line. Well, yeah, and he's like, "Well, obviously, I was a failure at Munich because I didn't win the Champions League." So he knows that, and that's why you know, me and Jack were like, we want him to do it. Like, we, we would, it'd be great for him to do it for himself. But as Asan says, like, who's asked? Like, no one's, The people aren't going to give him the credit anyway. Like, the amount of if I'm if I'm having a go at, at stuff I've seen over the weekend. Like Liverpool fans, I saw like a Liverpool fan put together a compilation of like Ruben Diaz mistakes, and there was only one when he was playing for City anyway. Like, what? <laughs> like there was some weird like fans in the stadium playing for Portugal and Benfica. Like this was ages ago. Like what? What? Like, what, what is the matter with you? And obviously there's a tweet to saying like, oh, Alexander Arnold could do the Cancelo role better, and he is better anyway. And it's like, what are you doing? But I mean, the, the, <laughs> the thing that I'm trying to the, the thing that I'm trying to tell myself and. I would advise other City fans is I've already used the phrase some dickhead. It's just one dickhead, isn't it? Like, it's just one mad fan from another club. Who's that's like, often, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, look, there, it does that, it, there isn't just one often, is there? There's there's often quite a few. But it's like, yeah, my advice to myself and others, like, just, it should be, it should be much easier just to forget about it. Who cares? Who cares what these people are saying? Because it's just not, like, especially that level. You know, you might have like articles in the media that are a bit well, let's, stupid, let's, but like that level of here's Ruben Diaz making mistakes while he's playing for Benfica. It's like, like your head's come off. Fully. Well, let's let's but just it doesn't touch matter. We shouldn't care, but briefly do, because um, I mean, obviously, like you say, there's there's different levels of it. Should should City City fans shouldn't be bothered by what other fans think because like City's style of play and success and what Guardiola does with the team is for City fans. That's it. It's for nobody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Should it should City fans care what 
Gary Neville thinks on Sky Sports, what Jamie Carragher says on in, in the you know on the Monday Night Football Show, or what um, Steve McManaman says on BT Sports. Should, should, should City fans care about those people? Well, it's, it's, it's this whole idea of caring. I can't really get my head around because you get again you get all these fans going, oh well, when United won the title. I, oh, I hated it, and now obviously when Liverpool won it, it was great for me. But I just don't care about it, and it's like, well, don't don't you? Why is why are you? What, why is it? Thing? Why does it make up ninety percent of your timeline I'm, for the last twenty four hours? The, yeah, it's just the old. Oh, I'm I'm not bothered. Like, oh, honestly, I couldn't I couldn't care less. Like, like obviously, like there is an element to it, and yeah, like Gaz. Um, I've met Gaz once, but like your mate, your mate Gaz, Bernard's daydream on Twitter. He made a he made a good point. He was like, I'm old enough to remember when people were slagging off United fans, and they were using City as like the paragons of like authenticity. They were like, look, these City fans, they're proper fans from Manchester. United fans are nothing. These City fans are great, but obviously now it's City fans are shit. They're just glory supporters. Like they're apologists for a regime. Like nobody cares about them, and it's just it's just juvenile bullshit in it. And we really shouldn't care, but it is like it does wind me up. It does wind <laughs> like just this this kind of nonsense does wind me up. So the whole caring element, but like um, but the thing is, you mentioned like Harrogate and Neville. I, I mean, another tangent. I find it a bit mad how like Neville's just posting pictures of himself like drinking wine. Like if I was, I mean, I know I know it's completely different, and I know obviously Neville played for United, but like, I would never dream of like. Just, I mean, it's. I'm already kind of fighting, losing battle anyway, to prove that I'm kind of uh, level-headed and an objective talking about City, despite having grown up a United fan. But I would never kind of want to call that into question. So it's, I mean, and like Neville, generally on Sky, is like is really good with his analytics, and and so is Carragher. But like the way they like carry on on Twitter is just like you just you kind of forget all the. All the good stuff, and just like this is just a kind of Man United Liverpool ding dong fest, which Sky do seem to really enjoy. Um, I suppose the most of the big six games this season have been crap, as we saw on Sunday. So it does feel like Sky just can't wait to get back to the studio, so the old United and Liverpool pundits can argue about something. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, but I mean, I do. But one of the points I am making at the same time is I do think Neville and Carragher have been very good on City, and like I saw a tweet um, the other week. So after the after City beat Liverpool on Monday Night Football, they picked apart the City performance and why it was so good. But like next week when City beat Spurs, they focused on Spurs. And I was like, well, I know they're going to focus on Spurs because they do a tactical bit and they can't do the same things. Obviously, like the tactics were different, but they can't really focus on City two weeks in a row after two big wins because I don't think they would do that even if Liverpool had a battered team on the Sunday and then the Saturday after because... The talking points move on and you can't cover everyone. And obviously Spurs is a good talking point of what's going on with Mourinho. But I saw some City fans are annoyed about that. And it's like, oh, you know, they're not talking about how great City were. They're talking about how great Spurs are, uh, how bad Spurs are. And it's like, yeah, but they talked about how great City were last week against Liverpool. And it's just, yeah, there's there's a whole thing at the minute where I do think everybody wants, not everybody, but there's there's definitely a, a point where everyone wants to think, Oh, they're out to get us, and they don't give us credit. But I don't, I don't know what kind of credit people want, and this is something I have to kind of wrestle with. So there was obviously a prominent Twitter city account, which kind of likes to highlight these things. But the the one article of mine that he always used to say was really good was a an article I wrote about Raheem Sterling last summer. But that was because I had I was a bit critical of the media of how he was treated and Liverpool, and it's like, is that? 
what people are expecting? Is that what people is that what people want me to write every week? Like in in every article, do I have to make a snide point about some about something else, or or call out people in the media? Like that's not that's not what I want to get into. That's not it's not really the media climate that I enjoy. I don't like it when people do it about city. But the way, but my way of kind of combating that, and people say like, oh, you know, there's there's writers for United and Liverpool, and you know they have shot at City or whatever, and it's almost like people, some people definitely. Like whether it's for us, the Athletic, or whether it's for the MEN or whatever, they want City fans in the media to have a go at the other clubs. But like, and I'm, I can understand that, but my personal way of dealing with that is I don't want to become part of the problem. I just want to do things in my own way. I want to kind of be level-headed and objective. And whether I'm talking about United or Liverpool, I don't want it to be all snidey and... And stuff like that. I think you know it's it's the old cliche, and it's a bit corny, but it's kind of the kind of be the change you want to see in the world kind of thing. I don't know what would be oh, solved by Sam, starting. Sam, that's a bit live laugh live laugh love. That I'm afraid. I know it is. I know it is. But it's <laughs> but it is true. Like I can't. Like, I'm not gonna. I mean, maybe people do want this more from from city correspondents in general, or from prospective city correspondents. But I don't think that's. Like the way this is going, the way Twitter's going, the way the media's going, we don't need more fuel thrown on the fire. You know, we need more people to fucking chill out and, and step back. That's what we need. And I, if I'm going to preach that, I can't do any can't different. And I, feel, and, I, yeah. and I feel bad. Like, like when, so when Klopp said City had a two-weeks break, my reaction was, great, this is exactly what this rivalry needs. Just more shite to argue about. And it's just incessant. But I, I feel bad because I will have tweeted in the past, taking the piss out of Liverpool. And I remember the night when they lost, lost I think, at Arsenal at the end of last season and they couldn't get 100 points. Like, I probably enjoyed that a bit too much on Twitter. But like overall, like the amount of opportunities there are if you wanted to have a go at Liverpool or highlight, or oh, this fan said something stupid, I could hit back with this. It's just... The world needs less of that, genuinely. Like I know this is kind of serious now, but that's that's not the direction this should be going. Otherwise, you get more media catering towards that. You get less people on who know what they're talking about. You get more people on who are controversial, and then like, where are we going to be in five, ten years? Like it's it just going to be awful. Like, you're not going to yeah, and like and City fans will only hate that even more because if you think Guardiola's not getting credit now, imagine in ten years if City build on imagine City get the next manager right and keep winning and how difficult that is to replace somebody like Guardiola as we've seen at other clubs Arsenal and United just in this country you know to, to get somebody else to take that on and then keep winning but imagine them doing that having spent more money having you know won maybe three titles in a row with different managers maybe won a couple of Champions Leagues the credit you're going to get if this is the climate it's just less and less because you're not listening to people who say actually this is really difficult you listen to people who say oh well they've spent loads of money or you've listened to Liverpool fans or United fans who say oh, I don't care like it does, this doesn't mean anything to me and yeah. City fans will only get more wound up about that and kind of rightly so because that's well, all you're going to get so it's just you need to you need to step back from it a bit really Like, and I, I'm talking about myself there really I mean People can live it how they want because I do appreciate it's frustrating. And as you can tell by my my voice and my tone throughout this, I've been as frustrated as City fans. I've been frustrated with City fans. There's there's different elements to it, but yeah, yeah, it's well, it's a, it's a mad thing, really. The whole credit and caring. Well, let's finish on on this one question then, Sam, uh, because we've we've kind of come full circle on the on the does Guardiola get credit thing? Um, yeah. Will he ever get the credit that he deserves for what he's achieved with this team? 
well again it's like who who are you going to for that like i'll give him it um i mean just because we've been saying specific examples i think jack and john will give it will give him it you know paul hurst is always does great stuff in the times on on city particularly you know at the end, end of the season that kind of end of the season how they did it article um you'll get that um another element that i don't want to go into too much is just how much fo football moves on so quickly like you spend so much time you know around 100 points in that conversation of our city one of the best teams and then it's like oh well, it depends what they do next season but then next season it's just like oh well yeah but they didn't win the champions league or blah 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 and all of a sudden the next season is liverpool winning it and it's gone and you're talking about old glories and you're trying to get back to them like the credit you get at the time like sky sky will do a great thing on how city won the title i'm sure of it they will do a they will do great coverage i'm sure neville and carragher will have a really good debate about it micka richards will talk about their big squad and say how good they are and laugh his way through it yeah exactly and like there will be that like that that will be there um but i mean and i'm not this isn't kind of some rhetorical snidey question like what are people expecting because of people because like if another newspaper does well you know city have done this but it only throws questions about the ownership again like does that cancel out the good stuff so it's like will there be credit there will be loads of credit it just depends where it, you look does yeah. it have to be blanket how much do you want where do you want it to come from are you listening to other fans and i'll include myself in this like are you going to get wound up about other fans saying it doesn't matter or it does matter or our players are better or we were unlucky like are you going to let that kind of collide with all the media stuff that you do like that you don't like um, and how long do you want the credits to go on for? Because the season will come and go. We'll be talking about transfers. We'll be talking about Messi. We'll be talking about Haaland. And then next season will start. And all of a sudden, that window for credit is gone because there's more stuff to talk about. So it's kind of enjoy it. And that's like, while it's happening now, like you say, you're still not at that level where you're comfortable with saying it's going to happen. But it, honestly, like, in, enjoy it now because this it's happening. Like 20 wins in a row, it's happening. And like maybe they will go out of the Champions League, and maybe you'll have, you'll feel down about it then, and the world will put the boot in then because that's just how it works. Just you've got to take your moments to enjoy it. Like obviously in the past, in like Pellegrini and Mancini time, City won the title on the last day, so you've got the time you've got the time then at the time just to enjoy it, and it kicks off. Before that, you can't enjoy it. Before that, it's nervous, and like you you don't look back. I, I still remember the the title running in eighteen nineteen. There was no time to enjoy that. I was. I remember speaking to someone at City and just being like, <laughs> "People will say in future, oh, wasn't it fun? It was not fun, was it? No, it was not, it was fun not fun. <laughs> it was fucking. It was horrible. It was so nervous. It was so tense. Liverpool generally played first. They generally like seemed to get a win. Either you know they didn't play well and they got a win or a late goal or they got VAR help or whatever it was. Then like no VAR help, whatever it was. Like it just seemed like oh, it was so tense. It was horrible. But now it like it almost couldn't be easier. And look, City aren't going to win every game between now and the end of the season. We'll, we'll talk about, oh, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that in a certain game? Or are they tired? Are they this? It's just, just enjoy it now. And like, yeah. are they going to get credit? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it would be nicer. But also, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's too much of a tangent to go into Liverpool last season. But like, the thing with Liverpool was, and like, this is the same thing for when people say, oh, everyone cared about Liverpool last season, but they don't care about City now. It's like, well, the whole thing about Liverpool, no matter your perspective on it, whether you hate them or love them, it was a big story last season because they hadn't done it in 30 years. And to give them their due, up until February, they barely dropped a point. And it was outrageous. And it looked like, and they didn't in the end, 
but it looked like they were going to smash these records. It looked like they were going to get about 110 points. It just so happened that before the pandemic even started, the wheels fell off relatively, and they didn't get that cohesiveness back afterwards either because of you know pandemic football or whatever. But the story was Liverpool winning the title. And people talk about, like, not diminished, but Liverpool won't be able to enjoy that as much as they would because there was bigger concerns in the world. When they lifted the trophy, Liverpool fans were able to enjoy that, but the world was talking about the virus and lifting lockdown. There were bigger things going on, so I'm sure they probably feel they didn't get a chance or not even a fair crack of the whip because there was a lot of stuff in the media, obviously, a lot of stuff, but it was a big story, so there was going to be. But they didn't kind of get their time to enjoy it either and also that that um that very humorous thing from a city point of view which is probably a good thing to end <laughs> on our our mate who says and the, he was saying this before when before it was a possibility but liverpool obviously haven't had their parade yet <laughs> or are they going to have one and he was like the best situation will be city winning the title and loaning liverpool the title back for their parade which I mean, it's that might happen. The only thing, that, the only thing that's not going to happen there is Liverpool might not have a parade. So my point being, you never know what's going to happen. Enjoy it while it's going on. City and miles out in front. Even if they drop a few points, United and Leicester are going to drop more. Enjoy it now. Enjoy it when the when the title's done. And look, if there's articles saying about money or sports washing or Guardiola not being that good, they'll annoy me as well. But like, life's too short, isn't it? Uh, life is too yeah. short to worry about what other people are saying and yeah it would be nice to get a, a fairer crack of the whip but um i don't know maybe it's maybe it's a fair crack of the whip as well because maybe you also get that with other clubs but i'll yeah. tell you where city and guardiola will get the credit that they deserve and that's on why always us uh, every week so. yeah because uh, because well, we do we, like, we, we, we do we bang the drum. and like, like like i said at the start he was like he's great in Guardiola and this stuff. I know it'd be. I knew people would love it, and I knew people who aren't City fans but love Guardiola. I knew they would love it. But at the same time, like when he says stuff that's a bit mad, we talk about that as well because we're objective. But objectively, Guardiola is fantastic. Who does some mad things, uh, sometimes on the football pitch, sometimes in the press conferences. All you can do is give credit where it's due, basically. And that, there we go. I'm thinking of uh, this. This to anybody who is uh, a younger listener, um, they will have no idea what this is. Uh, possibly even American <laughs> listeners as well. Uh, but you made me think of a, of a line to finish on from uh, from Red Dwarf, which was uh, <laughs> very simply Holly the computer saying, "Appreciate what you've got," because basically I'm fantastic, and uh, that's that's yeah. Guardiola all over. <laughs> that's very good. I wonder where you're going with that, but that's very good. Yeah, nice work. Yeah. And yeah. we've we've talked, haven't we? Here, so let's let's call it a day. Yeah, uh, that's it for this week's Why Whistles. I'm David Mooney. Thanks, as ever, to Sam Lee. Yeah, cheers, mate. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for $3.99 a month, and you'll get that for six months with the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.